Acupuncture. Acupuncture is the original biohack. Binaural beats. Nootropics. Tom, can you even spell nootropics? Supplements. Psychedelics. They told us not to take drugs. Now there's all this research on taking drugs. Science of compounding. Orgasmic meditation. Individual results may vary. <laughs> and a whole bunch of other stuff we find interesting. I don't want to spend 12 grand to shine a red light on my junk. Just a couple of guys talking about somewhat strange health stuff. There's something weird here, but I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> Irreverent health starts now. Hello, Tom. What's up, Matt? How you been? Oh, man, I'm doing all right. We had a little bit of time off there. Uh, an accidental time off. A couple of weeks there. You make too many commitments, and then I end up stepping over myself, you know? Yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, so you're good now? You're back? and Everything's happy? And- I, well, yeah, I think so. I think so. Until next month when things go sideways at the sure. board meeting. Yeah, gotcha. No, I listen, I'm, I spend my whole life in that mode. <laughs> yeah, like, you know. yeah. Um, I found out the other day that like cortisol shuts down your prefrontal cortex and, and, you know, and I said, well, then my fucking prefrontal cortex has got cobwebs in it. Cause yeah, been, like hasn't been used in forever. <laughs> it's basically living in this like constant state of fixing shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Um, Absolutely. So what are you getting into these days? What are you up to? So, you know, man, I, I've really uh, I I get these crazy little ideas and then go down these side holes. And I think you can you can appreciate that. Yes, sir. Um, And on a on a chance trip to uh, TJ Maxx, they had these little pre-mixed, you know, just add vodka and you've got a whatever, a Cosmo or something in a jar. And it reminded me of all these old martial art training formulas, you know, your, your hit fall medicines and you're sure. like, you know, so then I'm like, you know, what would be kind of cool if, if you just prepackage those. Uh, so I'm doing a training formula for my gym where it's yep. just like, you know, here, you know, if people it. like it, you start to see. So uh, I, I think I'm going to make my kids fill the jars because I have absolutely no time to do that, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I hear you. That's cool. Oh, that's fun. How about you, man? Um, you know, I am. I got. I, I made a pledge to read a chapter of a book a night, and mm-hmm. uh, one night into it, I've already failed. So <laughs> off to a roaring start. But uh, but I've. I'm committing to to this project, the multidisciplinary project. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So that's what I'm kind of doing. Uh, which is funny. It's uh, you know, it's uh. The gift that keeps on giving and the more I think about <laughs> it, the, the more I realize that there's more to do. So it's exciting. And it taps into health. It taps into all curiosities. It taps into everything. So um, so anyway, we got a cool little topic tonight that I actually know a lot of nothing about. And I'm very excited, <laughs> um, I'm very excited to hear more about this. So uh, and so, yeah, you want to just get us going? And so so let's in? get us going. So uh, we got two two great guests on tonight. They they come from the the ancestral project. Um, Andrea uh, and Charlotte are both uh, shaman. Um, I knew Andrea, Andrea for, for a while now, uh, and Charlotte, I got to meet at an online ceremony post COVID. So uh, hopefully we can talk a bit about that. Uh, and, uh, maybe we should just bring them in, huh? Yeah, let's do that. Let's say hi. Yeah. 
Hello, hello. <laughs> hey, Charlotte Dre, how you guys doing? Hi. I'm doing good. How you, how's everyone doing? Really good, really good. First of all, thank you guys so much for doing this. This is uh, this is exciting to get to talk to somebody other than just Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's good to see you. Awesome. It's great to, to see you, you. Yeah, good to meet you too. Yeah. So, so why don't we why don't we start with the with the basics? Can you guys give us a a, a little background of of the the ancestral project uh, and and kind of how you came into uh, doing what you do before we jump into some of this uh, more detailed stuff? All right, perfect. Can we? Um, thank you for having us here. And um, would it be okay if we start? Like we start our ceremonies with a prayer honoring our ancestors. Yeah, absolutely. It's your show. <laughs> Creators, spirits that move through all things, spirit guides, ancestors, allies, and relatives. It is us, and we are one vibration, one heartbeat. And we thank you so much for the breath of life in all of us, in all the things, in ourselves. Spirit keepers from the East be with us. Grant us vision and clarity as we walk along this path so that we do so with gentleness and respect for ourselves and for all of our relations. Spirit keepers from the South be with us. Fill us with love and compassion for ourselves and for all of our relatives. The two-leggeds, the four-leggeds, the winged ones, the people of the air, the people of the water, the rock people, the tree people, the plant people, the insect people, the mycelium beings, the virus beans, the bacteria beans, and all of our relations. Spirit keepers from the West be with us. We ask that as the wind blows forth, let it bring forth healing and balance to our bodies, our minds, our spirit, community, and environment into one heartbeat, one vibration. And spirit keepers from the North be with us. Fill us with wisdom to make wise choices. And as we transition from this place to the next, let us do so peacefully and without regret, always remembering to honor the 21 generations that precede us with all the vibrations that we are responsible for creating in this space. Pachamama is so beautiful and radiant. We honor you with deep reverence and respect. And we ask that you remind us never to take more than we need from the space and to always give back more than we take. Ashe. I hope. I see. Thank you. That's a very cool uh, start to anything, really. I'll be be completely honest. That's beautiful. Thank you. Appreciate it. So the origin stories of Ancestor Project. Uh, you know, one day uh, Charlotte woke up and she said, "I want to change the world." She called me, and we decided to do that. No. We, <laughs> I mean, it was a it was a series of circumstances. Like, but this was all divine intervention by the universe. I I was in the cannabis industry, and I had been disenchanted by the industry. It was I was ready to move on, and I had this conversation with myself that like, what what do I want to do next? And my side gig at, at the time was shamanism, practicing shamanism and supporting people in healing themselves. But you know. It really was not something that I could sustain a, a private school education for my daughter and, and a lifestyle that I wanted to lead. So 
But I said, well, whatever. I'm going to do the thing that makes my heart sing. <clears throat> so like three days after I, I made that declaration, I said, I'm going to just leave it in the hands of the universe. Uh, the star being comes into my life. We have a, a phenomenal conversation. It ends up a couple of days later, we're at a conference with all these people of color who are communicating the, the consistent same conversation around that they've been in spaces where non-ordinary states of, of expansion have been um, have have been created, but they were no one there that looked like them. And at some point, there was some spiritual bypass, and there was someone telling them, "Like, yeah, I know you you're enduring structural racism, but just get over it." And that caused a lot of harm. And it was like a room full of people all saying this on the same story. So we decided to do something about that. Well, let's just say the universe used us as an instrument to do something about that. And and uh, once we once we said yes and surrendered, <laughs> like it's just been a rocket ship ever since then. Yeah. Charlotte, you want to add anything to that? No, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hard act to follow. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. So, so uh, um, don't mind me asking, what was the conference you were at that that group of people were, were kind of in the same spot? It was a people of color psychedelic collective. Mm. And I think the conference called Elysian. Um, mm. I mean, don't you love the, this day and age where we have groups that are this specific? It's awesome. Like, I mean, I, it is fantastic to me that we can kind of find different tribes for different reasons. And it's just really... Uh, I, I can't imagine any other time in human history that this was even possible, right? So, I mean, I think this is sort of a return for humanity from a time like we came into this place where we're all so interconnected because of the internet, because of modern forms of travel, that we can have all of this like intense cross cultural intersectional experiences. Um, and that a lot of the work that we're doing is coming back to ancestral ways of being and coming back into tribal ways of being when you did exist in communities of shared cosmology, of shared values, of shared origin story and um, shared ritual as well. And that's like a lot of what we are, are looking to come back to through this work. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting way of describing it. I've never heard anybody kind of frame it like that, but it's absolutely right. I guess the the, the more interconnected you get, the more you look like your ancestors had, or at least you have the access that your ancestors had just on a much smaller scale mm-hmm. or in our case, a much larger scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. I don't, I'm, I'm, sh- I don't know if you guys have heard the Dunbar number thing, but we've talked about it on the show a couple of times. And it's like this fascinating idea that we're hardwired to only connect with like, whatever, what is it, Tom? Like 280. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a yeah, small like some, little some, like, group really of people. Small. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's about a hundred people. Yeah. Right. So like you got this concept where you're only meant to DNA, like transact with this many people. And we, you could do that before you get to Starbucks in the morning these days, you know? Yeah. You know, I appreciate you bringing that up because um, I think that's a really important concept because it, it, it helps us understand the motivation behind all the mythologies that we believe today, like capitalism, socialism, mm-hmm. or, or any other, other, most of these religious constructs or mythologies that we create, right? And, and what makes our species so unique is that 
we can take things that are just constructs, that are just ideas, and make them our reality. Like no other species that we know of on this planet has the ability to say, like, I'm just going to think this thing and then create it, right? To create and make it true, right? And make it true for, you know, you know, when we were tribe, tribal tribes, we gathered in about 100 people. Then we started, you know, we created, you know, nationalities. And, uh, and then we had, like, religious beliefs, which you know, transcended those nationalities and that, that aligned diff- larger groups of people in cooperation. But at the end of the day, most of, the, of, of, of these cultures that we have uh, wrapped around these ideas, we're forgetting that we, brought, we gave life to these words. We gave the power to these words, right? So we don't have to, right. in some ways, take them so seriously. Like we don't have to use them as an excuse to kill other people. <laughs> or a president. Yeah. We have a different Fair perspective, point. right? It's just something we made up, some shit we made up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, that, that book, Sapiens, that Tom and I just talked about, I think last show or something. Uh, a couple back, through, yeah. Yeah, it goes through that evolution of us as as primates, you know, starting out one way and kind of moving up to where we're at now. And honestly, I'd never seen anybody lay it out like that before. And it really, in some ways makes me feel a lot better about where we're at because you can kind of see why it's happening and kind of maybe not judge it as hard, but understand the underlying causes of a lot of these things. And then you could work towards a more, I guess, pragmatic and calm solution rather than being so reactive about it. But on the other side, it's like, how have we only come this far? We've been at this for a really fucking long time. Like, how are we still only this far down? So I, I was of mixed mind coming out of that, but it was interesting to see it kind of laid out in an ultra condensed form to see how this, how we got here, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I was just listening. As a, it's, it's funny. Sapiens seems to be a book I listen to over and over again. I have my 12 year old conversation again. And like, and one, I think one of the issues is that we, we're not really into big history. We're into this, like these very limited perspectives of history instead of looking at our species from the beginning to now, uh, which is really helpful. Um, because I do, I do agree with you. If you look at it from that really broad point of view, that's the condor eagle perspective. That in shamanism, we have what's an eagle condor perspective where we, we you, you, get back, you step back and you see things from a very macro perspective. You know, we, our species really, you know, we're, we're doing a lot better than we did 70,000 years ago. I, I'm pretty sure there's no one who's listened to this who has this boom. Yeah. As hunter-gatherers. We mm-hmm. really sure. Hunter-gatherers. We, we really weren't, we were like hunters. We were like scavenger-gatherers. You know? <laughs> right, I mean, right, right. Years ago. <laughs> right. It fun, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, it's good stuff. So, so like, so this interest got you guys connected and, and like, what, what was sort of step one for y'all? Like, what was, what was the getting out of the gate thing that you, you guys got, got this on this journey and then kind of follow up would be like, you know, how do you proceed to where you're at now? Well, I think from my perspective, step one was, uh, you know, we both took it to the medicine. Right. Mm-hmm. We, 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 our immediate instinct was like, okay, we are very too smart, very intelligent people. We have a, a deep sense of awareness, but we are babies to this conversation. However, there's allies that are, you know, 65 million years old than us, they have a tremendous amount of wisdom. Why don't we let them drive this conversation? Um, and, uh, yeah, I think those two things, like, you know, acknowledging, you know, that, our ability to surrender and get out of the way of this process was going to be the most important part of that process. And then we just 
you know, Charlotte and I are in ceremony on most most weeks of the year, three times a week. So we're oh, in a gotcha. state of working on our stuff, right? So it's not a performative conversation. It's not like no disrespect to other professions, right? Where you get a degree, right? You don't actually practice half the stuff that you learn, right? And you're giving advice, yeah. advice about stuff you don't actually do. I mean, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know, if you if you if you are projecting your own bullshit on the other mm-hmm. people, it's going to cause harm, and it's very evident. You know, you can see the you can see the 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 uh, you know, real time, there is data, there are data points, like, cause we like this, you know, the, the, the Tim Ferriss of us like this, these data points where there's real time metrics into charlatans and shamans. You can see those who are causing tremendous amount of harm and you can see others who like, there's just an explosion and evolution in, in that human being and their experience when they're, when they are supported with a healthy set and setting, a health, healthy mm-hmm. structure. And and the healers themselves are humble enough to know that they are not the healer. They are just, or the facilitators, they're not actually the healer. They're just lucky enough to be in this position of supporting people through their evolution. You know what? I, I got to take a half side step here real quick and just mention something that I love about having conversations with people of your background, uh, your, your knowledge is that your language is so deliberate and articulate that it's really soothing on the mm. other side. And I feel like that's something we just all forgot how to do. Like, it's very hard for me to imagine the last conversation I had that was like candid yet soft, yet informative, yet, you know, yet, you know, reassuring, like it's all sort of a package. You, you get where I'm going with this? Like yeah, it just yeah, feels, yeah. it feels very ingestible and no pun intended, but like, it feels like very ingestible. Like I can consume this, vibe i can process it i can react to it but it's not gonna hurt me it's like just information and just for my benefit right yeah and and like that's hard to that's hard to do and it's instantly different from other narratives that you hear in the day when you hear somebody talking like that yeah yeah well thank you for saying that (laughs) we do our best (laughs) there are definitely times where i am definitely not the most eloquent speaker (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, so much of what you just said, though, set and setting, I mean, getting into somebody's vibration is real, can be really bad and maybe not the best setting, (laughs) like you know, like, you know, Mm. and, uh, and sometimes it could be the exact opposite. So I think that if you have this sort of like very calm, you know, logical way of presenting information that, that just kind of greases the groove for a better set, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say for me. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you mentioned logic because we just came from uh, a, a retreat. Where, you know, we also uh, are all in, in continuous training. So we have our teachers that are constantly that, that we're learning from. And we just came back from Ecuador on a retreat. And, you know, it was one of the interesting things I, I observed. The, the people that we were sitting in ceremony, there was a tremendous sense of calm and peace with them. Mm. And there was there was not a lot of like when they did talk, it was a lot of jokes. They were laughing all the time. But then it was like 34 or five of us in our cohort. And there was so much uh, logical communication, trying to understand everything, trying to put everything in a box. You know, you you know, what did you see last night in ceremony? Like a lot of anxiety in, in, in the group. And, and this is something I'm also noticing. This is kind of like the sidestep, but add to it. I'm also noticing that 
therapists, you know, so right in, in the Western cosmology around these meds, it's the therapists who are actually the people who are supporting people. Like this is, these are people who so that have some authority or some supposedly some awareness. What I notice in shamanism is that therapists actually sometimes tend to be my most challenging folks because they're always coming to it with this left brain lens. Mm-hmm. And they forget that, you know, there's two sides of your brain. There's the heart side, the feeling side. There, this, these, these experiences are inevitable. They're not intended to be described. And you know, English, quite frankly, is a blunt language. It's like a, it's a blunt tool to try to explain this very nuanced experience. Yeah. Anyway. No, that. Yeah. No, that's that. Yeah, I wish I had more conversations like that, man. <laughs> yeah, just because like I like pulling it apart like that because and especially lately I've gotten really into the psychology of underlying expectations, right? Mm-hmm. And like the difference between expert and wisdom, right? Like an expert is stuck in underlying assumptions all the mm-hmm. time. Wisdom, wow. however, see, goes past that and it sort of deconstructs those underlying assumptions and says, hmm, well, why? And this is Tom and I, I, my little latest rant, this metacognition, thinking about thinking, right? And like, how are you deconstructing your thought process, not just your thoughts? And once you realize that uh, thinking about your thought process is really the same as saying, what the fuck are these underlying assumptions that I've been bound to that are basically blocking me from doing anything outside of those boxes. Mm. And so one thing that that's kind of opened me up to is, you know, just changing the way I'm like processing and whatnot. So I, one of the things that instantly struck me about you guys as guests, aside from, I know very little about what you guys do is just that it's like another step on that journey for me to say, okay, what's another thing I can do to kind of like, bring myself more into focus. And I don't know what the end focus is, but I know every day, every journey, every step forward is is sort of a, a little bit of a focus there. And, you know, it wasn't until you really start pulling those assumptions apart that that work can be even begin. Mm-hmm. I think what you're talking about sounds like the decolonization process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You're, you're yeah. decolonizing yourself. And it's you're just a different area. You. Yeah. The things yeah. that you've been convinced are truth, the constructs that you buy into, and then how you project and replicate them into the world and in yourself as well. Like it always starts with, um, we always ask people to like look at the ways in which they're oppressing themselves. Um, what parts of yeah, yourself are you shunning or shaming or shutting off because of what you've been told is appropriate and respectable and um, productive and successful and whatever other um constructs have been informed by patriarchy and um white-bodied supremacy so yeah it sounds like you're in the deconstruction the decolonization <laughs> process for yourself which is dope yeah, I yeah. Like well hey thing. thanks <laughs> i like this term metacognition that's that's kind of dope i'm gonna i'm gonna i, I just already google it um oh there's a thousand thousand rabbit holes you can go down on that one man I yeah, yeah. That. yeah yeah Funny enough, though, I'm working on another project about metacognition. That's how it's kind of at the tip of my tongue right now. And it's about cross-disciplinary thinking. And I I, I, I might actually ask you to come back on a different show at some point in the future. Because really what that th- that show is about, or that thought process, it's just like an interview series right now is about, is about how do you connect new information to old wisdom and reapply it 
in a broader sense, right? You talked about Eagle vision, which are Eagle. Yeah. I'm like geeking out over that. Like since mm. you said it, cause I'm like, fuck, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like you gotta be able to do that. And the fact that you have a word for it is actually just even more proof that I'm onto something with this other idea because people from all disciplines call it different things. Cross-disciplinary thinking in academia is, is mm -hmm. called orthogonal thinking in psychology, right? It's the exact mm -hmm. same thing, mm -hmm. different language to describe the same exact thing. Right. So yeah. that's why I like talking to guys like you, 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 groups like you, because like what you guys are doing touches on so many things. It's like mm -hmm. endless and it's fascinating to me. So sorry, mm -hmm. I digress. I'm, no, no, that, that's, that's <laughs> got real excited about that for a second. That's good. That's good. It's interesting because we've we've had conversations, private conversations, Charlotte and I about, <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, if I say this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm <laughs> mood. Like you know, I personally in our personal lives, we're finding it more and more challenging to actually be in conversations and space with people who actually don't do medicine work, as in our in internal group, because what I find is that people who are not doing medicine work, their conversation. Is always right here, right? Mm -hmm. the, the inability to de to to like see the a larger perspective out of your limited cognitive abil uh, abilities and awarenesses is, I feel like it seems to be more challenging for people who have not had a transcendent or death experience, right? So right. like, there's other ways to to ex expand your states of consciousness and not on it. You can do it through breath work, you know. Run, you know, ultra marathon running, uh, deep meditation and yoga, for sure, there's ways to do this. Some people have non-ordinary states uh, of expansion with what we really call it uh, spontaneous states of non-ordinary, spontaneous non-ordinary states of expansion. You know, some people, what is it called? Uh, Dizzy. Right. Psychosis, right? Uh, so there's definitely people out there, but there's there's some there's a sweet spot. There there's something so powerful about when you're able to transcend this very limited perspective uh, that you have and 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 consider all of awarenesses. Kim Wilber's really great at this. Um, I don't know if you've ever dug into any of his stuff. He's got a whole uh, a whole thesis wrapped around you know trend um, transpersonal thought around these things and like this awareness about how all of us have related to these ideas mm -hmm. from the beginning. I don't know that from Ken Wilber. I know other things from him, but yeah, I will, I'm looking him up now to put him yeah, on yeah. the, uh, put uh, him see, on the post show five hour Google hole. I'm going to send down. Thanks guys. <laughs> yeah. Sex ecology and spirituality. Check that one out. It's a what, really good book. What, okay. Gotcha. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, so you guys are on this road, like how did you get it? I mean, is the, uh, was shamanism the sort of the North star and then the rest of it came along with that journey or, or how, how, like walk me through how you get into more of the practice stuff. Mm. Cause I didn't know until recently that shamanism was a thing, right? Like I just, you know, it's a word you hear and, but like, oh, yeah, point, yeah, like yeah. if you don't, you, you know what I mean? Like, and, and then now I'm like, you know, obviously this, we just talked about this little journey I'm going on, but like you find out things like this, you're like, oh, that's a thing. I did not actually consider yeah. that that was a, a real thing. Yeah. yeah I, I, dope. I appreciate you saying it. So for me, what I'll say is I, when I am speaking, I'm speaking about my cosmology, right? My, my, the, the, the cosmos I create. So for every human being, for every being, there is a different way to practice shamanism. It is a practice, right? So 
you know, there's people who call themselves shamans. I don't call myself a shaman. If people who, who come to me and get support, they can choose to call me whatever they want. But I am in the practice of shamanism. And so for me, what shamanism is to be of service. Like my main goal is to be of service to the collective, right? And, and I have elders and ancestors, spirit guides who have kind of guided me through, through that process. But it's the oldest practice that humans have ever, this oldest practice, like 40,000 years ago, we as humans, as hunter-gatherers, had an animist tradition, that relationship. You know, we, we didn't see a tree as a thing. We saw it as a being and we developed a relationship with it. And we, you know, just like you, we develop relationships with each other, right? Uh, and the hills and the mountains and the, and the elements were all being, had all vital forces and we related and we're in like relationship. And so ultimately what shamans do is they support people in getting in right relationship with themselves and all the other beings that are here to support them, right? Yeah. And, oh, and the last thing I want to say that is, this goes into why we're called Ancestor Project. Because there's, there's this tendency to have this romanticism uh, uh, around what we so-called, the so-called idea of indigenous people or, uh, or, or native peoples, right? Um, and we, you know, the truth is, is that all humans at some point were hunter-gatherers and practiced some form of animism, right? Mm -hmm. uh, now, look, we, we are written, how long have we been writing things down? So that like there's a limit, like we have to, we have to make some assumptions here. But, you know, based off of the archaeology, well, I'm not going to even try to pronounce the word, but based on the evidence that we have right now, it strongly supports this idea that as that, that this was not a unique practice mm -hmm. to be native to North America or South America or Africa. Uh, this was in in Europe. They did this. They were practicing these things before they were colonized. Uh, when in in uh, Australia they were practicing these these in Southeast Asia they were practicing these these ways before humans began to start conquering each other and then saying your way is bad. Though your traditions are evil, but let me give you these good old religions to, to kind of mm. control you and manipulate you into, into thinking a certain way. My introduction to shamanism was actually through a very academic lens. I was an anthropology major. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I kind of like laugh slash am in grateful astonishment when we are like doing medicine work and I have that like quick reminder that I used to read about these things <laughs> like watch National Geographic in high school and um, that's how I knew what what the combo marks were when I saw them on the person that eventually connected me and Dre was that I had seen a show about um, indigenous groups in the Amazon and um, the wild, crazy <laughs> medicines and things that they would take and make themselves throw up and blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, my initial introduction was like very through a Western academic anthropological lens. My introduction to working with medicine was through um, mainly social and celebratory use. I was like, a little rave kid for a little yeah. bit. I was just going to say, my, mine came in, in, a, in a rave somewhere in the mid-90s. Yeah. In a warehouse. In a somewhere. warehouse yeah. somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, that, that's what I started. Warehouse, yeah. Um, with people, you know, spinning fire outside. And, totally. You know, we would dance for hours. And now I understand that that's, you know, a form of therapy in itself, mm. a form of ancestral connection, a form of 
um, releasing trauma through somatic practice. Uh, I didn't have all that language for it then. Um, and yeah, then, you just did it because it felt right, you know, like, and you just didn't know, yeah. you couldn't enunciate, but yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah. And I, and also I would say, you know, um, in the absence of rites of passage, we recreate rites of passage. And so in our society, there is not really a coming of age ceremony or ritual that is practiced at a communal level. And what happens is that like you seek that out. I think it's it's innate in humans to to look for the things that connect us and initiate us into a group or initiate us into a society. And unfortunately for our society, much of that happens through the abuse of substances um, mm-hmm. and this idea of getting really heavily tox- intoxicated and um you know, the first time that you get to like sneak off and drink and the first time that you sneak off and smoke weed. And, um, so, you know, in, in the absence of initiation, I sought those things out and, you know, I, am grateful that I was always more drawn to the, to the plants than I was to, uh, to the plants in smokable form than I was in, uh, alcohol form since most everything has a plant origin. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that just, you know, having a really early relationship with cannabis, I started smoking when I was 14, um, really just gave me a, an open mind. I also like had a parent that was a hippie and another parent that immigrated from Jamaica and had um, practiced, you know, was a practicing Rastafari. And so there was a lot of connection about or conversation about connection with the earth, Mm. but still outside of a communal context. And so I still went to seek it out on my own. Um, But yeah, I'm grateful for that early connection with the medicine. Uh, And then it was a winding path um, through my early 20s into my late 20s until I found really what it was, what the ancestral breadcrumbs were leading me to, which was shamanic practice. That's awesome. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you, you hit, you hit a nerve with something you said that I, that, uh, just literally happened to me on the way to school this morning, walking my daughter. She's like, I have to do a report on one of these couple things that are bad for you. And one of, one of them was alcohol. One of them was tobacco. Then the next one was cannabis. And I was like, Whoa, Whoa. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Tobacco one, right. Tobacco is like, I want our, the first medicine you work with in the path, um, and in across like so many traditions too. Yeah. Yeah, You know, another one of the medicines that was heavily colonized and then commodified, which is the pattern that happened with tobacco, with happening with cannabis, even happening with psilocybin now, but also with things like chocolate and tea and yoga and Buddhism and, you know, like all these (laughs) things that are like wellness trends, but are really steeped in deep ancestral wisdom. Yeah. Well, you know what I think was funny about how they framed that is like, A, it was automatically bad. Like everybody who has alcohol is is bad or everybody that has tobacco or everything like nicotine is one of my favorite nootropics ever and when Mm. used in like 
moderation and and strategically and intentionally, nicotine's a wonderful compound. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like it's now you don't have to smoke a pack of Marlboro Reds to do that, you know. And I I certainly don't. But like the you know just to demify, you know, demonify, whatever the word I'm looking for is something just because it is, is a little bit weird in cannabis. I mean, but she's 11. They're teaching this shit to my 11 year old that this stuff is bad. And you're not like, this is a very myopic view of these. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was afraid to do like, um, I think the first, first I had MDMA and then eventually LSD, but LSD, I was like, I will take a corner of the corner. Oh my God, I had to say the same thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> they told me in there that the, my entire reality is going to melt away and I'm going to lose my mind and like uh-huh. also I might die. And then I had it and I was like, this is so chill. And everyone around me was <laughs> a way deeper and also beautiful journey. Yeah. And I was like, well, now I'm bored and I want more. And, you know, yeah. I eventually got to like work up to, um, you know, a true journey. But yeah. Um, and even tobacco, right? Like we, even the way that we talk about these medicines, right? As like, what is the relationship that we're in with them? And how do we like commune with them as a being and as a spirit? Like the the spirit of tobacco as a medicine, as a plant is a beautiful spirit that helps with clarity and connection and focus and decreased anxiety and like all of these other things, but we still, um, you know, want to be in these like measured controlled relationships with these beings when, you know, as Dre said, like they have much greater wisdom than we do. But imagine your first interaction with tobacco was that, that conversation that you just had versus write a report on how fucked up cannabis is right. or how fucked up yeah, yeah. it's like yeah, you have a fundamental at a time where your brain is still in formation like these yeah. neural pathways are literally cemented in like she and if i don't intervene in this shit she's gonna have these thoughts until she's on a couch with her shrink or in a conversation like this right you know what i mean like and that does not that's not a reality that we have to do and that's the frustrating part yeah, yeah. Right. Like we don't have to choose this reality, but it's yeah. just sort of baked in all around us. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so powerful what you're talking about. And, you know, we, we, we've been having conversations about socializations and, you know, the power of groupthink. Right. It, it can be can be really damaging. So you think about all the people who are sharing this information and knowledge around dare, like just say no to drugs. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. None of these people had any data to support. They were they list. Someone told them. And then they jumped on the bandwagon and they told others and they told others and it became a, it became a reality. And so much of what we were taught in our generation was complete, utter nonsense, you know, totally. complete, complete, just not, not true. And it just makes me wonder, you know, you, you know, I, I don't know what was going on by our, our elders that were so comfortable with lying and not having <laughs> Any facts before they shared any knowledge or, or wisdom and information. I, I can tell you from my perspective, you know, I got caught up in patriarchy, patri- in, um, you know, being a patriot and assuming. Mm-hmm. I remember one time, that, uh, you, know, you guys are going to laugh at me, but I remember one time having an argument with someone who was telling me not to eat McDonald's. And I was saying, if if, if it was bad for you, the, 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 our government would not allow it. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. We've that's all so been there. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. 
You're right. We're going to laugh at you just a little bit. Uh, but that's, but like Tom said, man, we've all been there, man. We have all, there's not, uh, who amongst us has not had that same thing, man. I can, uh, all kinds of shit I used to tell myself was true. And I'm looking back on what the fuck was I thinking like that was clearly wrong. Like, yeah. and then you look back and you're like, well, no, no kidding. I mean, Tom and I's first episode was on orgasmic meditation, right? And I, one of the things that made that such a fun episode is we both were looking at it like, how could you not think the people behind this are in jail? Like this yeah, obviously like how, did not yeah, This go is right. rife for abuse. <laughs> right. <laughs> like it was just one of those. Like Kundalini. Oh, we taught, we had the, an episode on her too, man. She you, was yeah, like oh, another yeah. one of those people. You're like, as an outsider looking in, I don't want to play, you know, Tuesday morning quarterback, but like, fuck that. I mean, that, that had signs of bad written all over it. Like, I don't know how any. Yeah, I mean, I think mean, we all say the same thing about like gangs like from the outside looking in like do right. i want to get jumped into a but like when you are a person who has experienced so much trauma that has led to so much disconnection yeah. and you're being sold a message of like you will feel you were accepted here you will be loved here you'll be supported you're like okay i mean because yeah. we're seeing things all in baby happen <laughs> in the psychedelic space right yeah. is that there's like all of this potential for abuse because mm -hmm. a lot sure. of facilitators are not of the mindset that like i'm just here as a bridge for you to connect with the medicine and your inter inner teacher but that there begins this like glorification around individuals that get put as seen or seen as more expert or more intelligent than right. the spiritual modalities that they're working with um what was that dude who was part of the last January when those guys stormed the Capitol. Oh, the QAnon the shaman. QAnon shaman. Yeah. Well, and like he had, a, he well, I don't know if he has, but he had like a community on Facebook, and he facilitated psychedelic journeys. Right. So like there is absolutely so much space for this to get, yeah. um, to just be the wild west because. If you don't integrate the medicine well, and if you are not existing within community, you could like go the opposite of ego sure. dissolution and have like massive mm. um, like ego boosting, right? Because you're like, I am a divine being. I am yeah. God. Like, it, you know? I mean, and I'm the only divine being. And I'm the yeah, only right. divine the being, only one, right? Yeah. And like miss the interconnectivity aspect of it. Um so I think like when you get to a certain place in a healing journey, you can be like, oh yeah, like massive red flags over there. But, you know, I can think back on like so many shitty relationships that I was in that now I would be like massive red flags run the other direction. And then I was like, I'm going to fix this person right, or right, right. this person's going to take care of me and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so it's also like all of us, more people speaking out about those situations. So there is more education and, and warning. Dre was talking about like the shaman versus charlatan um, issue. And we have a free download on our site. That's just like questions that you should be asking a potential facilitator. Like you're going to mm, say, no, that's a great idea. Ceremony. Here's some things that you should know. And if a person seems sketchy about answering these questions, that should also be a red flag for you to maybe go, and find a different facilitator because people get so desperate for healing that they will, they will forgo their intuition and all of the red flags yeah. they're seeing because they, they put their power in another person to heal them. Yeah. You know, 
I want to say this because that that was one thing that I enjoyed working with you. Uh, it, you wanted to make sure I was the right fit for you. You were the right fit for me. You you must have spoken to me for at least an hour and a half before we agreed to any ceremonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And then you did a a an intake that produced. What did that intake take you about two hours to fill out that intake? Uh, oh yeah, I mean it was it was one of the most thorough intakes. I you know I've been to you know specialists, MDs, and and filled out shorter intakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so it's a, it's I, I like that data component of it. I mean that seems like a super healthy amount of information to get from somebody. Um, and, and I would I'd love to know how that translates like what does that help you guys do because in on one side it seems very clinical and very you know data driven on the other mm -hmm. side i assume you're using that very strategically so i'd be curious what that bridge is okay so I, I, what i'll do is I'll, I'll explain our process to kind of sure. kind of mm -hmm. so first of all here's the thoughts Oh, can, right. I give a caveat, can I just give a caveat before you start explaining the process? Because I feel like what is helpful context and foundation for the process is that like, yes, there are some fundamental things that we need to know to keep people safe. And also the process is more for the community member that's coming to sit than it is for mm -hmm. us to like um, tailor or curate their ceremony. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it. So, yeah, the process starts as three parts. There's a, you, the first part is people are doing a thorough inventory of themselves, right? They're looking at their physical, mental, spiritual environment and their community, and they are, the, the, we are asking, we're teaching them essentially to ask a different question, right? To consider their life in a, in a, in a different way and ask it, and spend some time really thoroughly doing inventory of self. So really, most of that data is for them, right? It's for their their awareness, understanding, beginning to cultivate an awareness. And the, the intention, the hope is that they will use this blueprint throughout their life to constantly come back and self-reflect on these things and see where, where, where the needle is moved. And then, you know, the basic overall question is, like, what are the beliefs, habits, people, and ideas that no longer serve you? That you're excited to let go, mm. right? And then you go. We have a ceremony. You, well, we set an intention. We support you in setting an intention through that hour conversation that Tom talked about. And then once we come to ceremony, now it's about um, uh, developing an awareness about how you are are now practicing all those trauma responses over and over again. You're replaying it over and over again. You're you're now you are the person that's creating your own suffering in most of these cases. And so how do you what are you going to do differently now that you've been made aware of, which is the integration process, which is asking what are the habits, beliefs, people, and ideas that I'm excited to attract now? What is you know what am I going to do differently? What am I going to attract in my life? But it's it's less about you doing it. It's less about you like trying to fix yourself more about you mm. having awareness of where you want to go, what truth you want to live, and now about creating that reality for yourself. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a lot of information. It almost seems like even with no ceremony at all, this is a very good experience to kind of put yourself through to kind of iron your own <laughs> stuff out. It seems very yeah. helpful just in general. The ceremony happens before, or the ceremony begins before you actually get to mm -hmm. ceremony, especially with combo. I feel like super frequently 
um, people will come and they're like, all of this crazy shit just happened in the last couple of days. <laughs> on every single trigger I have and like every difficult conversation tried to like make its way in during my preparation. Um, so it's like the purging, the purging begins and the clarity begins before you even get to, to the medicine. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, so you go through this questionnaire and like you, you get all this ironed out. Um, and, and then that, in that conversation, you kind of get to know each other, like what comes next? Mm. Well, then they, you have your ceremony, right? And then you have on a deeper, you, you're, you're having a conversation, a direct conversation with the name you chose before your parents were born, right? You're getting in touch with that true essence of self, right? And learning and learning to communicate. So the first thing you, one, one of the reasons why non-ordinary states are so important is because for the most part, this is some not all medicines work this way, but um, you're having a, a direct conversation with all aspects of self, right? Versus being filtered through the front of your brain with filters, all the information to this limited perspective of who you are. Now you're in that ego condor perspective. You're like over oh, well, this to step back and be like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, interesting. Why do why does that thing make me feel that way? Oh, it makes me feel unworthy. Well, when was the first time that happened? Oh, it happened when I was like seven. Oh, and my dad said this to me. Oh, okay. And so you 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 connect with that part of yourself. You heal yourself, and then um, you once you leave that ceremony, now that you have this awareness, you have you you you're going to have to create some new habits, beliefs, and ideas, and support some nourishment. Mm -hmm. right? So, in your assessment, you might have you might have realized that you know I'm really good at like. Man managing my food and my physical fitness, but um, I don't have a lot of loving, nourishing relationships around me. And so now I want to, I'm going to call into attracting that into my life, right? Just to support the 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 cultural the cultural worldviews that I am now creating in myself, the changes I'm creating. So this is an example. Interesting. And what now? Do you find people? struggle with that integration that post ceremony sort of new way or is that just sort of like people are eagerly jumping in after going through the experience mm. <laughs> 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 i feel like yeah actually just this afternoon i had a conversation with someone i feel like we have to frequently remind people to be patient and gentle with themselves during that process because the expectation um or maybe the hope but also the way that these medicines are communicated about in the mainstream right now is that it's going to be some magic pill and you're going to wake up the mm. next morning and be a brand new person. And it certainly like, is communicated that way. It's, that's yeah. it. Walk out the door. Right. And which is very much, you know, in line with what communication is around prescription drugs is like, sure. you don't yeah, actually have to do anything. The only action you need to take is to take this pill. And once you do that, then you'll be better. And these medicines really require, um, a relationship of reciprocity in which you're like making offering back to the medicine through your daily actions and the way that you embody the lessons that are bestowed on you. But like, you know, imagine somebody who is 50 years old doing ceremony for 49 years of their life or for, you know, let's say 42 at when they came into consciousness, they were reacting to life in one way. And then those ways, those trauma responses become patterns, which become like assets of your or facets of your personality. And so then to imagine that your entire personality that's been built up 
over 40 plus years is going to shift overnight or that it's going to be super easy Mm. is not necessarily a supportive expectation to have going in. But I feel like these medicines give you the energy boost and like a shift in perspective enough to see why making these changes would be supportive or why they feel good or wanting to prolong the um the remembering that we do in ceremony yeah and with your with your practice do you find that people are sort of more on the one and done scale where they just don't come back or do you find people like get really into it and this becomes like a very habitual sort of Mm. practice on themselves Mm. You, you know what i mean Cause you guys say you're in ceremony several times a week. So obviously you, I would assume you guys are maybe not in your circles, but in the broader populace, the outliers, even in this space, right? Three times a week for like, say me would be an extreme uptick <laughs> since I've not done it at all. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think also though, when Dre says that we're in ceremony three times a week, like there are times in the year in which we are, you know, we have two combo ceremonies where we're supporting other folks and, um, you know, maybe some other type of ceremony, but also that like we sit with ourselves in ceremony in some capacity every day, like, you know, trying to live life as ceremony. Um, Not necessarily taking ourselves to like a super expanded state of consciousness or doing that with um, medicine, but at least like taking time to um, be at our altars and um, be in reverence of ourselves and of our ancestors and um, always like taking care of ourselves. I would say it's a mixture. Some people are really on the path. Some mm-hmm. people, um, you know, come once a year. Got um, it. We're, you know, big proponents of integration. So it's also about like not putting some expectation on the schedule that you're sitting, but like really. Yeah. And I didn't mean to imply that, but I, I guess no, I was no. just curious, like in a macro scale, like, like, you know, for me, for me, it's almost like a muscle memory. Like I, I, I use, uh, I microdose on, and I use LSD and I, I really like that. It has helped me get a lot clearer with a lot of things in my life, but but like that became a muscle memory to me. So some days when I'm not, when I didn't dose that morning, I still can put myself in that state because I know how to, right? I practiced mm-hmm. the art of of just shifting into that space, right? It doesn't last as long as if I'm chemically assisted, obviously, but like I can get to, if I need to critically think about something, I will downshift into that position, figure this thing out, and then I'll let it go and I'll come out when I come out, right? But here's the thing that makes me want to keep the practice going because that muscle memory is so effective in what I'm using it for. And I'm using this so specifically that like I can see if I jumped into the Cambo practice, like I'd be like, oh, like if it providing, you know, it, it goes where I think it would go. I, that would be something I'd want to maybe do more than a few times, right? Like it would be a recurring thing, less of a, oh, I'm just going on vacation for this one, you know, experience and that's going to change my life, right? Like it's not. You know. I don't know, Tom. Would you keep uh, coming back to get burned and throw up in a bucket? You know, you're you're talking to somebody that has more than 48 hours of tattoo on him, yeah. uh, and and I gotta say, uh, the the 
ceremonies themselves, because we we did three of them, what was so special, and and I really appreciate Dre saying, yeah, you'd be good for a couple of years. Um, I don't think any of us expected these years, but uh, <laughs> but within it, uh, I I I'm still thinking back to things that you know, uh, no pun intended, came up during those ceremonies. Um, because you know, to your point, a hundred percent, there's still little pitfalls that I see that, like, oh, I had this thought again, mm-hmm. or I'm looking back at something I tried to let go of. I can't do that. Right. You know, so so sitting with that and and going like, no, 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 we did a whole thing to let me make peace with that. Now. But make you only peace did with three it. of them. Like, I mean, that's kind of what I was driving at. Like, if I have these problems like you had, you know, I, I let him go. But a couple of years later, they're back. Like, it's time to make an appointment with Drake. Oh, yeah. You oh, absolutely. I mean? like, 100%. Like, like, I'm not like waiting around. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't like, yeah. oh, well, I did it once. I don't really, Yeah. Well, you know? yeah. Well, yeah, but what I would also say is, so, you know, these practices are less about the tool, let's say, I, what the tools, ayahuasca, mushrooms, is more about the practice, right? So what you typically see is, yes, you, you know, I, there's times where I still have anger or I still find myself in, in a conversation that I thought I resolved or, or, or my dad's coming up again. Like we just went to Ecuador and I had some, I was like, I've done, I spent more energy on my dad than he spent on, on raising me, but I'm still going through these mm. things for a while. So what I will say is this, a couple of things. The difference is I noticed that because I have this very heightened state of awareness that I'm, I'm aware of this. One cheeseburger now, not three. You know what I mean? I, I'm able to make a transition and a shift a lot quicker and go back to my practices. And what I typically, what we typically see in people who sit in ceremony with us is they're not just sitting fiddling their thumbs after this. They're adding tools. They're adding yoga. They're adding mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, breath yeah. work. They're adding meditation to their life. They're more. They, they may have been a yogi, but now they're more intentional with their yoga or their meditation. Or their or the the thousand other opportunities to integrate. They dance more. They're more compassionate with their lovers. They're they're moving out of relationships that are no longer toxic. So mm. some of the so many of the stressors that were causing them to get right back in that situation there's less of it. They're not they're not eating the toxic foods that make them feel like shit and depressed. And then when they feel shitty and depressed, then they project it onto their lover. They're not doing that as much. Right. Of right. That. Right. You're removing those underlying sort of, yeah. yeah. So, so we, 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 I, I didn't know how deep we wanted to go down this, but since we already opened Pandora's puke bucket, I want to hear a little bit about the actual, you know, what, what, what are we talking? What, what is this? I don't know anything about this. Like, are we allowed to talk about it? I I just want to know what we're talking about here. Yeah. I mean, mean, it's, it's one of the few powerful shamanic medicines that have not been commodified or commercialized uh, and uh, are not illegal, right? Um, oh, that's uh, great. Um, so, uh, you know, combo is uh, is from the green tree monkey frog or the Medusa bicolor. And the secretions from that frog skin are what we use to put on, to, to expose to your lymphatic system. And that causes you to have all five of your immune, your, all your immune system responses to all the same time, same time react and purge any toxins, any negative or stale energies into your belly, which is why people are drinking two liters of water 
usually, well, there's different styles of combo uh, or this combo in the sapo. But in our style, people will drink two liters of water and then they purge that water out into a bucket. They let go of their story into a bucket. Um, and that process takes, you know, from the time we put the medicine on someone, which, and when I say put the medicine on, so, you know, we, we blister the skin. We take a small incense and we very quickly blister the skin and it needs a, a, a little tiny uh, blister. And then we, we expose that blister so the lymphatic system, the medicine can get in there. And within five to six, eight minutes, the person has a really deep purge. They may purge for maybe five to six minutes. It might be feel a little longer than that. And then they usually take like a 40-minute nap, right? We tuck them mm-hmm. in. We, we, we spray some nice vests. Maybe we sing some, some, some ikros to them. And they, they tuck them in, and, they, and then uh, they're refreshed, and they go about their way. Uh, they go on their way in a, a couple of hours later. Um, and then we, what we encourage them to do is, okay, part of your integration is don't go back, don't jump right back on that cell phone or to the social media or to the, 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 the challenging debates that you, that you have or the, the toxic relationships. Like give yourself another 12 hours to kind of ease back into all those responsibilities so you can really begin to you know, reflect uh, because in- integration process, it, for me, always has some challenges. Because you're aware of some new thing, right? Then for me, the first thing I have to do is now that I'm aware of this thing, to be to, to be aware to to move at the pace of my slowest parts. Not try to, okay, I'm aware of this thing and I, now I'm gonna just fix it, right? To be gentle and be like, okay, it's okay. Now you know, and we're gonna begin to gently, you know, okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Tom's and and go to the cryo the cryo tank and 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 suffer once a week. And then mm-hmm. maybe that'll be, you know, every day, you know, at some point. Yeah, no, that's, so that's great. So that's actually a, a little different than I was thinking. So this whole process, once you actually like, you know, obviously we talked about the prelude to this and the, and the lead up, but the actual ceremony itself, that it seems pretty quick. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's uh, so, so Matt, my first time, yeah. uh, Dre did his thing. He stepped back. I looked at Charlotte. I said, how long? And then I grabbed the bucket. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was. You, it you was, were like a pro perjury. You popped quickly. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm good at throwing up. I mean, you know, yeah. I don't know if that's a life skill, but yeah, right. <laughs> you put it on your CV. Yeah, I think also, you know, um, time when you're in an expanded state or in mm-hmm. a very uncomfortable place. Um, that time dilation is amazing. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily line up to our. <laughs> everyday understanding of time so you're like yeah 15 okay 15 minutes when you're like oh 15 minutes of purging that might feel uh yeah and beautiful but longer but longer yeah yeah Yeah, and i don't i can't say the closest i think i've ever gotten we did a shamanic breathing session at uh at a thing a couple weeks ago and by the clock it was 40 minutes but i swear to god we were there for two days like it was like i (laughs) That that was not, but like, that's as close as I got, but man, I was, I was absolutely on another planet and all I was doing was breathing. There was nothing, nothing happening, you know? Yeah. yeah. Now there's all kinds of factors of how long it takes for a person to purge, but I will say one really important element to any of these ceremonies is surrender. Like the the Mm, ability to be like, relax, release, and allow yourself to surrender to these medicines. The, The more you tense up and try to fight the medicine or anticipate it the longer it's going to take 
right? And with the Madison Knight combo, you are going to purge. That is 100% what's happening in this situation with us. Other people have different ways of doing the medicine, and that's their business. But there's no one who's coming to combo ceremony who's not going to purge and leave leave your story in your bucket. Right. So so get to the point faster. Is it like, let it go, man, buddy. It's going to happen. Don't fight it. Well, you know, Matt, it seems like every stage of the process, too. So even the intake. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we didn't even talk about the diet, right? So that that is like, uh, you know, I got to surrender to this whole process. Yeah. And, oh, there's, and a, there's a food component to it as well. Oh, well, not just that, not just food, but a, a diet of, of anything that's that's toxic. You know, I'll, I'll let them talk about it. But yeah. yeah. So you want to take it or you want me to <laughs> I can start. I mean, I think it's it's like about coming, giving yourself the space to come into ceremony with primarily with your energy, like having spent time in your inner world and not um, like eating foods that put us in a heightened or extra inflamed state and not having interactions with people that are triggering and always difficult to communicate with and like not watching the news and not being on social media and not having sex with yourself or with others, like really like shutting down the external world to the extent that you can and coming into ceremony, like in a state of calm and already having done you know, a, an intentional practice and preparation. And it's also, it's like an offering to yourself, but it's also an offering to the medicine to come in, um, having taken this time to intentionally prepare. And how long is that prep? Two days, weeks, months? It's like five to seven days for cargo. Okay. So that's, that's got to be manageable for most everyday people, I assume. I mean, it's challenging. Like it's no challenging, gluten, yeah. no dairy, low sh- low salt, no sugar, um, no fermented foods, no gluten, no fermented food, no alcohol, no cannabis, and like for the majority of Americans these days, I would say there's like a mild uh, mild alcohol addiction across the board, and sure. like a very strong sugar addiction across the board. So. It actually, I would say, and even for me, um, I find dieta to be like almost more challenging than the journey sometimes, especially living in the world that we live in. Like if you stick me in the jungle for a week and you say I can't have those things, like fine, set right. setting, but set setting. trying to maneuver here and like show up to work with energy and enthusiasm and no caffeine right yeah could be really challenging for some folks and it's really more a process of like learning to be um gentle and kind and patient with yourself through that we like (laughs) one time we were in a ceremony in new york and there's this young woman and we um (laughs) i think dre yeah Dre like blue rape, which is sacred tobacco medicine. It's shamanic stuff. We blow it up the um, up our own noses and then up other people's noses um, as a form of grounding into the space and really like clearing out and quieting the monkey mind. And you do it one nostril at a time. Sometimes um, there's like a double applicator, but Dre blew the first nostril and this 
girl just shot up in her from her little cushion and was like, oh, I have to go. I got to go. No, I have to go. We were like, no, you're going to be, you'll be fine. It's okay. Like, just breathe through the discomfort, blah, blah. And she was like, no, I have to tell you, I didn't do my dieta. And we were like, it's, that's okay. She was like, I can't be here. I'm not, I'm not allowed to do the medicine because I lied and I didn't do my dieta. We were like, no, that was part of the lesson. You're fine. Right, right. That's funny. You know? um, but yeah, that it can be like a really, really challenging, especially if you're like feeling some resistance about doing this thing that's going to be challenging and uncomfortable and you've never done. So then your go-to coping mechanisms are to like soothe yourself through or really distract yourself through food, news, social media, uh, giving your energy mm-hmm. to conversations you don't need to then to be like, cut all of that off and sit with all of your feelings before putting yourself in a very challenging journey is like, it sort of starts to stack and like accumulate on itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's really powerful. I I was thinking about like, and and I agree with Charlotte, like dieta can be, you know, it's challenging because I'm saying no to myself, like in Mm. very extreme ways. And there was one yeah, I did, and cannabis, you know, so cannabis is something that it, it, if, if something for therapeutic reasons, you know, two micrograms is what you, is what you need for therapeutic dose, just not getting intoxicated. But in this yeah. one, this, I was, I, I find myself, I found myself um, getting into these really challenging conversations, and then I would want to consume cannabis, but there was no cannabis available. And mm. so then I thought, well, why am I getting in this challenging conversation in the first place? Like the, the issue was not that I couldn't smoke cannabis. I like, it was that I kept on exposing me to myself, this unnecessary debate with a friend about mm. whatever, you know, whatever we were debating this week, you know? Uh, and so I just, so it was like, it, it, it gave me some, so there's a, there's a great opportunity to really see your patterns. Like, so if you are having a struggle with something, Instead of getting upset about it, like be compassionate and gentle with them. Be like, oh, this is interesting. Like, I'm really struggling with sugar. What does sugar provide me with? Why? Right. And it's, it's, it's ask, get curious about this stuff instead of feeling victimized by these things and angry about and frustrated. Approach with ease. And I'm, I'm, I'm finding the more I do that, the easier it is to let go of those things that don't serve me. Yeah, yeah, that 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 reflection and and I think that's that's huge and I think that's why people need to have the right guides in this arena, right? Because it's it's going to allow you that opportunity. You're going to create that space for people to to look at that, the the underlying reasons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank thank you for saying that. Yeah, we we it, you know, it, these things this this is a challenging conversation because they're be, you know, because I get it. Like there is a lot of need in our culture. Mm-hmm. We have a t- tremendous amount of anxiety and depression and illnesses of all different kinds in, in, in this country. So there's this need. And, you know, most of us don't have an Amazon rainforest in our backyard or, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. So, so people want this healing. And so in their excitement that they, you know, they'll do a mushroom, ceremony and then t- tomorrow they're practicing then now they're they're serving other people medicine yeah and, I, and mm-hmm. I, I it's all it's not always because a person's ego it might just be because like there's a need there and they're being proactive and feeling that need however um there's significant 
amount of harm a person can, can, can cause if they are not trained well, if they don't have lots of experience. And when I say training, yeah. really, what I'm really saying is experience, right? There's a, there's a, sure, there's a little bit of structure in, in, in the process of shamanism, but there's, there's a whole lot of experiential training and support by elders that really help amplify your experience and support you not causing trauma to yourself and to other people. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, even the word uh, sensei, right. It means one who comes before and it's, it's kind of that role. Like I've, I've walked this, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing the thing, not just telling you to do the thing. Today I was in a, a like discovery call with someone. We have this, you know, you want to set up a call for 15 minutes and ask us some questions and feel the vibes. We'll do that with you. And so I'm talking about combo and um, and the guy is like, so is this something that you do? And I was like, yeah, this is not this is not like a clinical practice where yeah. I'm prescribing a bunch of prescriptions that I've never tried and have no idea what the impact will be on my body. And da, 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 da. like this is years of sitting in this and um, peeling back the layers and understanding the depths of where one might go on these journeys um, before ever stepping into a place of like supporting others going to those places. And mm. that is a, you know, a sort of hot topic these days in the growing psychedelic space everywhere. Um, since there is so much clinical um, like quote unquote advancement happening um, really just clinical borrowing of ancestral research and put into a medical space. Um, but like, I mean, we're even in a training program where I'm uh, um, mentoring uh, or tutoring the next cohort. And there's somebody who is about to start serving ketamine who's never sat with ketamine. Mm. And, you know, this like, and that that's acceptable in a clinical setting. Um, that yeah. you would have never tried the medicine. I mean, doctors are not like taking all the SSRIs that they're yeah. prescribing um, and they're not taking the ADHD medicine that they're prescribing. So um, it's been interesting watching like others try to maneuver into that conversation with this person about like, do you feel like it's ethical to be taking people to a place that you've never been psychologically, you know, um, and spiritually as well. So yeah, and the problem is everybody with over ten acres of land, like, is having like private shamanistic experiences, like bringing all their friends and charging a couple thousand bucks for the weekend, and it's like this crazy busy. I'm sure you guys yep. know uh, it's yeah, a yeah. booming business, mm -hmm. and it's like absurd. But it here we are. Yeah, you know, and that makes the charlatan versus shaman thing yeah. a hell of a lot harder yeah. to answer, doesn't it? You know, because you got all these people that are. But your questions, I love. Who doesn't like a good list, right? Like, here's a checklist, man. Go down this yeah. list before you do anything. Yeah. But it's great. I mean, it's such, it's a relatable thing, right? Yeah. You can hand somebody a list. They can take it off your website. Like, that's an easy thing to pass on, right? Like, even for people who have no self-awareness whatsoever, right? You can, mm. and anybody can look at a list, right? That, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's not an exhaustive list. Like, that's, that's just describing the surface. And the other thing that we, you know, obviously it's, it's a little bit harder to translate. Uh, but I think also people should really, really respect their intuition. 
if, if even if I answer all the questions in the way you want to hear hear, hear them, um, if you just if there's something in your being that's like, mm, this is not the right time or the right being to support me, like listen to that in, intuitive sense, right? Uh, yeah. On the on the other hand. I think that's the first bullet point is like, yes, ask these questions and also please listen to your intuition while you ask these questions. Intuition. And on the other hand, like also be aware that, you know, because these experiences are uncomfortable for a little while, that there, it it is, it is a rare case that people come to ceremony uh, without a little bit of fear, which I would encourage them to transmute into respect. Like respect for this. This is not, but, but and, and that's so, so don't just because you're feeling a little anxious about ceremony and think, oh, this means I'm not supposed to, <laughs> you know, that's we yeah. all, every, every time I sit with combo, you know, every, you know, every time I have like a little tight sniff, I'm like, mm, might be time for combo. And my body's like, uh-uh, mm. no, 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 we don't, we, we're good. We're, we're good. We're good on the combo. <laughs> we're healthy now. <laughs> I literally messaged you this morning. I messaged Joy. I was like, my throat's been hurting since yesterday. I haven't slept through the night for two nights. I have the sniffles. And I was like, I'm going to do all the other things, but I might. you might have to come over and sit a far distance from me while you watch me serve myself combo. And I was like, but I really don't want it to come to that. And then I <laughs> this afternoon. Ah, <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> But I was and like, I was just trying to get your attention. We're good. Yeah. We're good. Exactly. Thank you for that nap. Yeah. No comedy. I was like, okay, <laughs> that is cool. funny. Thanks. <laughs> that is hilarious. So, Tom, when did you sign up? When's your next one? Like, what's? Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're 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 gonna start talking to them about some other stuff, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, guys, I, I, th- go ahead, Tom. Sorry. Oh no, no, you do it. You were you were keying it up. No, I, know I was just gonna going. say, man, Go. I really appreciate you guys taking time. I, I could literally <laughs> talk to you guys for a day and a half, but uh but yeah, this is all good things must uh come to a close. Uh because I don't want to keep you all it's already uh seven fifteen at night. I mean, come on. You got stuff to do. We're like thirty <laughs> minutes away from my bedtime. Yeah. I am. But guys, I, I cannot, I literally, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I cannot thank you enough for sharing time with us. Like, this was awesome. It was very informative. And I, I've been dying. I've known you guys were coming on for a couple of weeks. And I'm like, when are they coming? Which week is that again? I cannot wait to have this conversation. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Thank you for having us. And, and I just want to say, you know, look, there's, there's, the beauty of our practice is there's a lot of mystery, but this is very accessible to every human being, right? So you don't have to romanticize anybody outside of yourself. Like you, this is, these are our practices. This is for all of us to, the, the, the key is that everyone understands that the practice of inducing a non-ordinary state is not just about you. It's not about your perceived pathology. It's about healing yourself so that you can be a greater participant in the healing of the rest of us. Right. So don't if you if you if you just do one without the other, then you have narcissism, right? And then you continue to perpetuate structures of oppression. If you mm. see that, that you, it is your job to heal yourself and then support the greater healing of your of our culture, our, our, our species, then you come to this place of tremendous amount of compassion for yourself and love for yourself, and then you spread that love to the rest of us. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, that's really well said. Charlotte, any, uh, closing, closing words from you? Oh, I am unmuted. Great. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> no, thank you so much. It's, um, you know, always a privilege to be in these conversations and to be sharing more about the work that we do. So thank you for making the time. Indeed. Oh, indeed. God. You know, we, we just love any time I don't have to talk much. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> but no, can you guys just uh, give a shout out to your, your website, yeah, how yeah, people exactly. can get in touch with you? Yeah, for sure. And- so you can find us at theancestorproject.com and we are on Instagram and Facebook as The Ancestor Project. We have, um, we host medicine circles and combo ceremonies here in Baltimore and yeah, we're working on some, some other fun offerings for later this year. So, um, please come check us out. Absolutely. Great. Thanks again. Uh, guys do us a favor when you get off, just leave your, uh, leave this, leave this browser open until you see that little party go off and say it's a hundred percent uploaded. And that's, uh, that's the favor I ask of you and otherwise have a wonderful evening. Thanks again. Thank you guys. Bye y'all. Thank you. Be subversive, irreverent. Health is wealth, but you knew that. Everybody knows that. But so was following us on social media at Irreverent Health. And check out our website for more exclusive content at irreverenthealth.com. Oh, I like this. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Irreverent Health.